This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello and welcome to Grace Notes. Thank you for listening in. It's good to be gathered around God's living and inviting word this day. Today we'll be centering on the story of Jesus, as Luke tells it, when he travels outside his home territory and he heads across to the far side of the Sea of Galilee. It's in a very strange land that he performs a memorable miracle, the healing of a man with many demons. Again, thank you for listening in, and may we be blessed in the hearing of God's word to us today. Our first reading comes from the book of Psalms. I'll be reading Psalm 42 from the New Revised Standard Version. Let's listen, you and I. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. 
When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went with the throng and led them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Nizar. Deep calls to deep. All the thunder of your cataracts, all the waves and your billows have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me a prayer to God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully because the enemy oppresses me? As if with a deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Here ends our first reading. Thanks be to God.
A New Testament lesson today comes from Luke's gospel, his telling of the good news. And we hear of Jesus now venturing out outside his home territory, and he's headed into Gentile lands. He's going to take a boat and go to the far side of the Sea of Galilee. And it's here, far from home, in a strange land that he does perform a healing of miraculous proportion, a man who has many demons. Let's listen as this good news comes to us today. Then they arrived at the country of Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him for a long time. He had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but lived among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him, and he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the wild. Jesus then asked him, What's your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him, not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now, there were on the hillside a large herd of swine feeding, and the demon begged Jesus to let them enter those. So he gave them permission. And the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by the demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding countryside of Gerasenes had asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized by great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city, how much Jesus had done for him. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit, come. May nothing distract us from the news you'd have us hear and understand for the new life that you invite us to this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to go back just a little bit, first acknowledging that this story is 
kind of scary. It may be a little bit funny, and it certainly is weird. And this is a weird passage. And going back a little bit, the story begins with Jesus clearly outside Jewish territory. And he's taken the boat across the Sea of Galilee, and this would have been the first time for such a trip uh, in Luke's gospel as he tells it. And Luke, while he's writing for a Gentile audience, he's got to know how offensive some of the images in this story would be to Jewish readers, to Jewish hearers. Everything is unclean, not, not kosher. And for Jewish hearers, the setting and the situation would represent the worst of the worst. Here it is, a Gentile city, an unclean, an unclothed man living in graveyards, and there are pig herds, and there are demon possessions. This was the pit. And Jesus, as he heads out for new lands, he goes here to extend compassion to this person, this one person? Yes, Jesus ministers to this man, a most surprising choice, and he is freed. And he is set free to go and tell of what God has done. Now, uh, casually, we might say, oh, the devil made me do it, and not really mean that we were possessed when we made some poor choices in our lives. You know, hearing and discussing stories of demons is strange in modern times. But talking about what leads us to hurt ourselves or to hurt others, that's not strange. There are different ways that we can envision demons. Within the Reformed Church, there isn't the belief of little people in red suits waiting to get us. Some would describe demons as manifestations of external forces, things that do take possession of people, causing them to do what they should not do. Now, others would describe demons as something that is within a person that comes to shadow or overshadow their true nature. Now, from earliest times in the church, there's been a persistent belief that we are all created by God in the image and in the likeness of God. It starts with original blessing and goodness. When that image is distorted or it's covered up by some form of oppression or sin or possession, that's evil. When God's goodness is denied in a singular person or in a group of people or a slice of humanity, when that's covered up, sin and evil is too present. So the man in our story certainly is subject to some types of oppression. And because of his demons, people around him have taken to tying him up or locking him up in chains and then driving him out of his house where the only place for him to live is among the tombstones in a graveyard. They went to considerable effort and expense, but they had found a way to live with the presence of this evil. And they kind of got used to it. People knew I mean, this man may have gotten used to it, too, in some way. And one of the difficult things in this passage is figuring out if the man really, truly wanted to be healed or not. 
when the demonic forces, when they first sees Jesus running up and worships him, but when Jesus commands the unclean spirits to come out of him, he says, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, the most high son of God here? The man both wants Jesus to draw near, but doesn't want him to be near. Which one is his voice and which is the voice of the demons? And the townspeople, they're equally difficult to understand. One would hope that they would be delighted. Here, this man has been saved from his demons. They're gone. But instead, the healing scares them to death. I mean, there's this a negative response based on fear and economic loss. All these pigs now suddenly were gone over the edge of the cliff. The fear is evoked by the recognition of the power that is present before them and is greater than the power of the evil spirits. The power of God does come to do something, and it disturbs the way of life that they had all come to accept. Even when the change is for good, power that can't be managed or calculated or counted on is frightening. It raises so many questions. What will God do next in our community? What's God got in mind next for my life? Change is such a difficult thing. When someone is trying to make real and lasting changes within their lives, it is often the case that the people around them have gotten used to how someone has always been, and they are accepted or expected to always be like that. You know, oh, Uncle Charlie, you know, he's always just a little bit off. Don't worry, he doesn't mean any harm. He doesn't bite much anymore. Well, what happens when Charlie decides he wants to change. And suddenly his biggest problem is that every time he starts down a new path, the people around him start acting up, giving him messages that he needs to stay put and remain right where he is. In counseling situations, this is often a significant issue. As somebody really starts to become whole, as they move toward genuine newness or, or just a shaking off, a shedding of their demons, they're told, oh, you can't do it, you won't stick with it, or you're being selfish, thinking only of themselves. There are all kinds of things that a community can do to keep people among their tombstones. We've all known isolation and persecution in some form or another. We've all had the desire to give up on something or everything, and in those times, God refuses to leave us alone, but ministers to us with compassion and immediacy. Our experience of God's loving care enables us and leads us forward to join in and serve in God's ministry. When we know that we are loved, we're set free to serve others. But like the man who is healed, life after being healed is perhaps just the way we may like it to be. He literally wants to follow Jesus, and he's told to stay where he was put. I mean, once as a captive, but now stay there and begin to share the good news there. Bloom where you are planted. Stay and be the first evangelist to the Gentiles. He is to go tell of deep and real change in his life, and that gets real close and personal. It might be an awkward question to even ask, what's God done in your life lately? 
And it might be hard to respond or to say straight away. It might be too personal to even say out loud. It may be that we are longing to have some kind of transforming moment where our demons are released and, and gone. But like the man at first and all the townspeople, we might say, go away. Change is too scary. The man and the townspeople are both attracted to and in some ways repelled by this uncontrollable grace of God. The confusing state of, come here, come here, go away, go away. Most of us want God to draw near, but not too near. We know that God has drawn close, come close to help us. But God's coming near will also change us, and change can hurt. So if we're going to be healed, it will both because of our asking and despite our refusing. And as a way to conclude, I'd like to just do a brief recap on what kind of day each person in our story today had. And here's Jesus. He's had a tough first trip out into a new mission territory. He's changed one life, and then he was asked to leave. But Sadly, he's already getting used to rejection. The demons, now they had a bad day. They thought they had it made when after meeting Jesus, he agreed that they could go into the pigs. But the pigs then rush over the cliff. The demons, they meet their ultimate demise and they realize that there's no place that God's power cannot go. It was a bad day for the pigs as of course they die in the waters. It was a bad day for the pig farmers. They lost their way of living, or they certainly lost a lot of stock that day. They have all the people in town are too afraid and too angry at what had happened. Now, the man in our story, he had a great and a surprising day. He woke up naked in a graveyard, and he experiences peace and wholeness given by Jesus and Understandably, he wants to follow Jesus. That would have been more safe and easier for him, probably. Yet the surprising call is that he's supposed to stay and share the good news in his hometown. People will need to see you differently from now on. So for one person only in our story today, it was a tremendous life-changing day. But I think that's how God comes to us, one to one, in our places of need, when we feel most outside God's grace, then perhaps, I pray, we hear the call for our demons to be gone, and we too are set free to tell of how God has lovingly acted toward us. May it be so, may it be true for you and for me, now and always. Amen.
So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.